Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is October 6, 2021, and our first story. The media runs wild with the claim the U.S. could mint a $1 trillion coin to just, I guess, trick people into thinking that the government is solvent when it's uh, not. The economic crisis is getting way worse. Food shortages, labor shortages are all getting worse and complying will not save you. In our next story, we've been banned from TikTok. Timcast IRL has been totally banned. No real reason given, but it was probably for hosting Alex Jones, who broke no rules, by the way. This is just the way things are going. In our last story, Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special has triggered the woke left, who once again are saying he's a bigot and a transphobe. Yeah, yeah, we get it. But is uh, his special's really funny. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. While Democrats firmly believe, for the most part, that the economy is doing fairly well, people who live in the real world know that the economy is in dire straits. Just take a look at the M1 money stock, and I won't have to waste your time when you realize we've been pumping out cash like crazy. And shortages, inflation, shrinkflation, it's all still getting worse. You may have heard the other day Amazon had a big hiccup. I get all these emails saying, we can't deliver your shirts. I didn't want to order from Amazon. Guess what? I can't order from anywhere else. They're all backordered, backlogged, or just don't exist anymore. That's the way things are rolling. And there's truck driver shortages. So yeah, the economy is really bad. And it's so bad, the media across the board is entertaining this story about minting a $1 trillion coin. One of the stupidest things I've ever heard. It won't solve our problems. We're already mass printing and borrowing money like crazy. The M1 money stock is through the roof. As I mentioned, all those other economic problems. But yeah, Axios. And they're not the only one. Trillion dollar platinum coin could be minted at the last minute. Well, you see, my friends, the U.S. government is broke. They have no way to raise more money so they can just make more money. Minting a one trillion dollar coin and then telling everybody, see, we've got the money. It's meaningless. It's clown world. It's all made up. That's how bad things are. It's an illusion that I think the establishment elites know is crumbling before everyone's very eyes. And perhaps on purpose. I mean, they're the ones who shuttered the economy and led us down this path to ruin. But the economy is not recovering. Now, the Democrats also have another plan to raise enough money to try and save the U.S. government. And that is the IRS tax filing or, or tax reporting requirement. Any bank account with $600 or more would have to report or allow, I'm sorry, the IRS would be allowed to see the net income and outgoing cash 
I believe every month. Basically, if you got your side hustle, they're coming for your income tax. The Democrats say it's to tax the rich, but let's be real. Rich people, $600. You may have seen the segment I did yesterday, so you get the point. The economy is in serious trouble. The Democrats know it, and the Republicans pretend to do something about it, but they're not. Joe Biden is not a leader, and we are facing unprecedented shortages as this all moves forward. Now, a lot of people say to me, Tim, I have no choice but to comply with the edicts and the mandates because I have children. And I respect that. I get it. You're scared. No, I'm, not just, I'm not saying that to be mean. Or like, you're worried about your kids. How's that complying working out for you? Are things getting better? This is what people don't seem to understand when they tell me I'm wrong when I say don't comply. They're like, well, you don't have kids, so you don't understand what we're going through. No, that, that may be the case, but I can certainly understand this. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny or in this instance, an economic collapse. In fact, I would argue the reason you're having a trouble finding work, the reason you are now at the brink where they are mandating a medical treatment is because you have kept complying nonstop. When Antifa went and burned down buildings, we all shrugged and said, mm, oh, harumph, I say. Because you keep complying the edict. Now, in, uh, in New York, only 10 violations are issued because, well, they don't really have the means to effectively enforce the, 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 the mandates. They need you to do it. And we've seen many stories of people just saying, I'm not going to do it, and they don't. Certainly, I'm hearing reports that in Staten Island and in Brooklyn, a lot of businesses are like, dude, we don't care about any of that stuff, and we're not going to follow it. But when you cave, when you say, I will bend the knee, that's when you make things worse. So make no mistakes. If, if it makes no, make no mistake, if, if it ever comes to the point where your kids have no food, it will be because you complied every step of the way, because you know what their end goal is. And by, by there, I mean like establishment elites. Well, you will own nothing and you will be happy. You've heard that. You know that's the intent. That's what they've been saying. You see, you see that viral video of Melbourne, Australia? All the stores closed. And yet you still say, I will comply to protect my kids. No, I'm sorry. You've mistaken what's happening. You're actually putting your children at risk. You just don't realize it, even though you have all the information in front of you. I want to go through this and talk to you about what's happening with the trillion dollar coin. This is the story that should tell you. It will not get better. It is getting worse. It will get worse. And compliance with edict and violation of the U.S. Constitution and law is what's making it worse. And then we can talk about those who've claimed to be heroes of freedom and free thought who have actually just sold out. But we'll get started here. Now, before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member and you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments, the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as the upcoming members-only content from Tales from the Inverted World, our paranormal true crime mysteries and ghost stories podcast. We got one episode up. You got you to wait till we get these stories rolling out, but they're not all just ghosts or whatever. It's a little bit of everything. It's Tales from the Inverted World, Tales of Intrigue. And don't forget, you will also be supporting all of our journalists who write these stories for you every day and do these investigations, and you'll get an ad-free experience, as I mentioned. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, because this one, my friends, is a doozy. From Axios, the trillion-dollar platinum coin could be minted within hours of the Treasury, Sec Treasury Secretary's decision to do so. Philip Deal, former director of the US, uh, United States Mint, tells Axios, Congressional solutions to the debt ceiling problem could take weeks to implement, especially if the reconciliation process is used and time is running out. 
In case of emergency, a trillion dollar coin could be deployed to bridge any gap between the money running out and the debt ceiling being raised. Don't you just love this? They're basically telling you they'll just say we got the money when they don't have the money. And you'll be like, "Okay." And then what happens? Either way, inflation is upon us. They call it inflation. There's also something called shrinkflation. Products are getting smaller and they're getting smaller faster. Soon you will own nothing and you will be happy. Okay, let's be real. Some people will be happy. You'll probably be angry. You'll be wondering why it is your kids don't have food anymore. You'll be wondering why it is the box of cereal costs 10 bucks and it's only got two bowls, two, two bowls worth of cereal. And you'll say, my kid's not getting food. If maybe I just keep complying with all of the psychotic authoritarian edict, maybe then the food will manifest. It's exactly what happened in the Soviet Union, right? When the Holodomor happened and they said, everyone just complying. They said, okay, we'll give all of the food away. Well, they took it by force, right? The, the Soviet Union said, we want to take the food from Ukraine and we'll send it to people we care about more. Where do you think this goes? Now, look, history doesn't repeat. It rhymes. I don't know exactly what we'll see, but I'm really impressed that we're at a point now where there's a labor shortage, there's a trucking shortage, there's a food shortage. Prices are going up. They're talking about printing trillion dollar coins and people are like, but I better just keep giving in. What am I saying? Go homestead. And I mean it. Like we're talking about building what we call Fredamistan, which is a joke. It means freedom city or it's a play on, you know, Istan, like Afghanistan or, you know, whatever. Because Stan, my understanding is means city. So it's like freedom city. And then it's just a more unique name. And we're going to have we've got 15 chickens here at, at the castle already. We're going to have a bunch of chickens. We're going to grow a bunch of food and we, we're going to make a project out of it. We're going to do sustainable living because we want to be responsible for ourselves. I think nonviolent civil disobedience, mass noncompliance, fight for your family in the in the best way you can. And that is by being self-sufficient, because this stuff is a is, is a snowball rolling down a hill, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And a lot of people seem to think that as soon as regular Americans wake up to what's happening, everything will improve. I'm not so convinced. I think too many people are just they don't care. How many arguments have I had where people are like, Tim, you don't get it. I'm going to comply no matter what they say. And I'm like, that is why we lose. So my only recourse is y'all got to be responsible for yourselves, your friends, your family, because if you stay on this course, we know where it's going. They're going to say the U.S. Mint, which deal ran from 1994-2000, already produces a one ounce platinum eagle and has no shortage of platinum blanks already in stock. Producing a trillion dollar eagle would require only the denomination to be changed. This could be quickly executed on the existing plaster mold of the Platinum Eagle, says Deal. Then an automated process would transfer the new design to a plastic resin mold. Even if Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, had no intention of minting such a coin, there is no reason for her not to quietly instruct the mint director to take those steps a day or two in advance. At that point, a coin would be struck in minutes at the West Point Mint, even, even if it then needed to be physically deposited at the New York Fed. That's only a short helicopter ride away. Voila. We'd have bought ourselves the equivalent of a trillion dollar increase to the debt limit without any impact on inflation, says Deal. Now, I love it. Biden says he can't guarantee the U.S. won't hit the debt ceiling. And then the U.S. stops borrowing. There's a shutdown. People aren't getting paid. Who knows? We might default. I believe we've defaulted before. It's not going to be the apocalypse, but I think we're in some kind of absolute breakdown. Now, here's why I, here's why I highlight this story. It may be absurd and you may be laughing, saying, OK, that's never going to happen. All right, my friends. It's, it's well beyond happened. Take a look at this. Look, billions of dollars. Look at the money supply. And, you, and you've seen this. I've shown you, shown you this before. But look, 
They opened the door for savings accounts to be checking accounts. And then all of a sudden we had what, like a, a fourfold increase in the money supply. Since then, even after they changed the definition, it's skyrocketed from 16,000 billions of dollars all the way up now to 19,000. I'm sorry, yeah, 19,677 in the billions of dollars. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. So what happens? Do they really need to print a trillion dollar coin? They could. And what would happen? You see this line here that jumps from 4,000 up to 16,000? You would see another massive major spike. And that will result in a lot. Maybe nothing. At the very least, what they're telling you is that the economy is totally fake. Nothing makes sense and nothing matters. I hope you're paying attention, my friends, because something else has been happening today, something that makes me particularly happy. happy. Bitcoin price surges to five-month high over $54,000. Bullish sentiment returns to largest cryptocurrency up 25% already this month. Now, I know I can already hear many people saying, Tim, I'm not, I don't care about crypto. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm not here to give you any financial advice. I'm just going to say, boy, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be very, very happy with my decision to own crypto in the coming years. Max Kaiser predicts crypto will hit over $200,000 at some point, maybe even this year. I think he was saying on target this year. We'll see if he's right. He's got about, you know, just about two months, but it's already back to 54,000. Its peak was about 64,000. One of the reasons it's going up is because there are a lot of institutional investors and a lot of people, a lot of money who know exactly what's happening to the U.S. economy. Now, you might not care about Bitcoin, but you probably care about this from eatthis.com. Walmart is facing these five shortages right now. They say beef. Not only is beef more expensive, but it's hard to find at grocery stores. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why you can't buy beef. I don't know. I can only speculate, I guess. Boy, there sure is a big push to get people to stop eating beef, though. Remember that Green New Deal? Remember, remember what Biden was proposing, that people need to have only one cheeseburger? Or, or it was a proposal like maybe people should only have one cheeseburger per month or something like that. Hmm. Now beef is really expensive. I go to the, there's a big sign. Okay, over here in the Harpers Ferry area, for those that know it, there's this little turnpike area. It's an adventure center. It's where people go to kayak, right? There's a big sign. It says barbecue, beef, brisket, chicken. They don't have brisket anymore. It's too expensive. It's too expensive to get brisket. Now, there is a really, not too far from here, is a really amazing barbecue place just off the side of the road. And they got some of the best brisket I've ever had, if not the best. Wow, is it good. Absolutely. But it's getting harder to come by. Beef. Seems obvious. Pork is also harder to come by. Chicken. Juice. Snacks. Now, I don't care for the snacks, but let me just tell you, my friends. You, you, they, they, they come to me and say, 
Tim doesn't understand he has no kids. Walmart has a shortage of beef. What about complying with everything that's happening convinces you this will stop? It's just absolutely stupid. And you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care who gets mad that I'm saying it. There are a lot of people who are angry saying, Tim, how dare you say this? I'm going to unsubscribe. Whatever. Look, I'm not here to lie to you or play games or say, oh, no, I might lose members and subscribers. I'm going to say some things are true. And the truth is, if we are facing shortages, if they told you 15 days and it's been a year and a half, if they told you just wear your mask, it'll be over sooner. If they told you just get the vaccine and it all come to an end and it hasn't every step of the way. What on God's green earth makes you think complying is going to get you out of this? So I can tell you this. If you like beef and you like food, get a farm while you still can. Bill Gates is buying up farmland like crazy. I wonder what that's all about. Honestly, I have no idea. But hey, I look to where the billionaires are investing their money because they certainly expect something to happen. Farmland. So what are we doing? Like I said, for Damastan, we're buying 50 acres, about 50 acres and maybe more. We do have other acreage because we well, the other one is more like, you know, shooting range. But we'll probably do the same thing with the new acreage. And we're going to do a sustainable living thing with, you know, we're going to have our employees. We, we, you know, look, I think when you, when you look at all the problems of the world, I think the responsible thing to do right now and the safest thing you can do is homesteading, a small, sustainable plot of land where you grow just a bit of your own food. You'll still rely on modern technologies and bigger farms, but you want beef. If you live, in, if you live where I am, we, we, we have farms all over the place. Now, it still is harder to come by beef, but we still can go to local farms and find it. In supermarkets, it's getting harder and harder to find. Pork, the same thing. Chicken, the same thing. We're raising our own chickens. And my friends, it's remarkable how easy it is. I made the joke last night. We took two chickens and we put them in a box. And then a couple months later, there's a bunch more chickens. The reality is we have seven chickens. We have one rooster. And now we have 15 because they all had babies. And we've got a decent amount of genetic diversity. And we're building Chicken City, which is a bigger space for them. And then once we move to, well, I don't, we're not going to move completely, but we're expanding this other, you know, uh, it's a, it's a venue. It's a, it's a big, you know, we're going to have a, a shooting range. Probably we're going to have a skate park. We're going to have all that stuff. And it's going to be kind of like a semi-private production center and, and recreational center and sustainable living and all that stuff. We're going to be responsible more for ourselves. And we already are fairly responsible for ourselves. I can tell you, it's amazing taking my own fresh eggs in the morning with the, the peppers that I that, that, that were grown here on my property with my own cherry tomatoes, and I fry it all up. Incredible. We don't do our own dairy, but we do go not too far, and we pick up a lot of this stuff like bacon. It's all ready to go. I'm telling you this, sitting back and watching this happen is the worst thing you can do. From The Guardian, America faces supply chain disruption and shortages. Here's why. Shortages in the U.S. are piling up. COVID isn't the only reason for the problem. They say there's a quiet panic happening in the U.S. economy. Well, not here, okay? Because I've been warning you for months. Those of you who watch every video I put out, which is a decent amount, but not everybody, you'll have seen me do this, talk about this over and over again. The various stories from various jurisdictions about food shortages. They're going to say medical labs are running out of supplies like pipettes and Petri dishes. Summer camps and restaurants are, are having trouble getting food. And automobile paint and electronics firms are curtailing production because they can't get semiconductors. One man told me he couldn't get a Whopper meal at Burger King in Florida. And there was a sign saying, sorry, no French fries. We have no potatoes. Are you watching this? Look, 
I do think most of the people who are watching this understand what I'm saying and agree. But there is an interesting debate that came up over, uh, uh, you know, from the Tim Castaro podcast I had with Jack Murphy about should his child comply with the vaccine mandates? I just think they don't come out, you know, the establishment, the elites, the political class, the billionaires, they don't just come out and say, listen up, everyone. Here's what we want you to do. Give up everything you own. Stop eating meat. It's over and done. And we're sending in law enforcement to do it. No, people would freak out and start smashing things. It'd be insane. It's incremental. They have, we, we have been told, when I say they, it's particular wealthy individuals who are very much saying the world is in trouble. You know, we can't eat meat anymore. It's time for fake meat. It's, it's things like that. Concerned about overpopulation. And what do we have now? Well, whether intentionally or not, these are agenda items that have been proposed by the Davos elites and people like Bill Gates, who happens to be buying up all this farmland. Whether it's intentional or not, that I don't know. But I can certainly say how fortuitous of them that everything they wanted is starting to come to fruition. Hard to find food. Trucks aren't being driven. Fuel prices are going up. Joe Biden's a complete disaster. The country is in complete disarray. Shortages across the board. Imagine that no French fries in America. Certainly your compliance with the economic shutdown has helped, right? I mean, right? You, you, you can't go up against you know, the decree of, of an, illegal des, uh, uh, an illegal decree from a despot, right? Like when Bill de Blasio said, we're shutting you down without any due process in violation of your constitutional rights, complying uh, uh, helped, didn't it? No, it didn't. I know people are scared. I know people don't know what to do. And people say, Tim, it's easy for you to say you have this, that, or otherwise. Can I explain something to you? Do you think I am in this position because, uh, by, by luck? Or is it possible that when I was in New York and watched a black supremacist kill cops, I said, I'm going to leave because I don't want to see what happens next. And then I was out of the city by the time the mass rioting occurred. Or that I said, I'm going to go to the suburbs of the Philly areas. And then when I saw rioting happening and shootouts, I said, I'm going to go to the middle of nowhere. Could it be not I, I, that I am in a position where I can be more self-sufficient and sustain myself is specifically because of what I am telling you right now? I'll put it this way. People say Tim's lucky he has money or land. I have those things because I have been preparing for what I see ahead of us. I did not come to magically just have this. I am a high school dropout who has been homeless on numerous occasions. I can tell you the one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm seemingly able to do is get just enough right when I look at the news to make good decisions. That's it. Just enough. I mean, what if I stayed at Disney? When they were offering me all of this great money, just play ball, Tim. Just comply with what we want you to do and we'll pay you fat stacks. And I said, I can see the writing on the wall, my friends. I'm leaving. What about starting TimCast.com? Albeit late, right? We knew censorship was coming. We get banned from TikTok. Now we're being told that full screen. So this is news that came out recently. The full screen multi-channel network. The era is over. They're shutting down. And that means this channel, which is part of that network, is being removed and that will be removed from the YouTube partner program. I will then have to ask YouTube to let me back in to make money off of this content. Fortunately, I started a new channel independent of the network, and I started a website that allows us to continue this work regardless. Why? Because I've been planning ahead. Have I been running everything? Of course not. That would be ridiculous. I'm not a psychic. I'm just some dude reading the news all day. The people don't want to listen. I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people say they understand when, you know, there are certain things that are political hyperbole or just, you know, silly. And I do say some things that 
often can be silly. I don't think I'm perfect by any stretch of, any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that we here, you know, at the castle are expanding and growing thanks to you. One of the reasons that's possible is because we set up a website in advance of the censorship, which is coming, which other people have experienced. And, and let's be honest, I was late to the party. I set up a website uh, just, you know, this year. That's it. Nine months ago. It has been just about nine months we've had the website up because I fully suspect that we are going to a much darker place. But because of these moves I've made, we've been able to remain somewhat sustainable. TikTok gets banned. Yeah, our TikTok got banned. You may have seen my segment about it. That, that means we're going to another dark place. And now we're looking at major shortages across the U.S. Do you remember in the beginning of, la- I think it was the beginning of last year, I started doing promos for, some, for safeandreadymeals.com. I'm bringing this up not to do it as a promo, but I do promos periodically. I haven't in, in, in a few months for safeandreadymeals.com. It's uh, uh, emergency food. I was ridiculed by leftists. They made fun of me. Even people I knew were like, this is pathetic and you're so dumb. Why would you advocate people have these things? And I'm just like, who cares? It's not, ex- it's not particularly expensive. I mean, it's like 80 bucks. And if you have it, you can always just eat it. I'm telling people, buy food. People buy food all the time. Now we're looking at beef shortages. We're looking at meat shortages. We're looking at shortages across the board. Do you think it'll stop here? It could. It might. I don't know. In the end, if this all turns around tomorrow, my worst case scenario is that everything we've done to prepare ourselves for gives us more freedom, more fun, more choice. And what that means is I got a lot of guns. Why? Well, I don't know. It's my right to have them. And it's fun to bring my friends out to the range. And it's sport, right? Also, I feel safer. We live in the middle of nowhere. There's not many cops. No matter what happens, we're going to have a good time and be happy. So it's, it's, it's like, imagine you go to Vegas. Imagine you're at Vegas, you're in the casino. And they say, sir, you can place your bet on double zero on the roulette wheel. The chances of it coming up are one in 37. And you could win big. And I think to myself, that's a rough bet. It's probably not going to come up. If it does, you do win big. But if it doesn't, you lose your money. Then all of a sudden he says, how about this? Here's a bet. If you place your chips on this special new tile we set up, you can potentially win double your money or keep your money. Now, what do I mean by that? When I decide to move out the middle of nowhere, eh, somewhat the middle of nowhere, I mean, we're in a touristy area. It's adventure. It's an adventure area. Harper's Ferry is not far from DC. It's uh, like an hour drive to the airport. What, 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 I, what I'm saying is I'm actually placing a bet that I think things are going to get worse. Now, my bet was correct. Right after we left the Philly area, there was more rioting and there was more shooting. And I don't want to be anywhere near there. Plus, the lockdowns were severe in New Jersey because we we're on the Jersey side. So my bet paid off. But the worst case scenario. Well, let's just say in the event of nothing happening. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online. 
up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What do we have? We got dirt bikes. We got chickens. All things that I enjoy and we're happy to have. We've got space to snowboard a little bit in the yard. You got to climb yourself, you know, climb back up. We don't got to tow rope or anything, but we can actually snowboard down the driveway. It's actually pretty big. It's fun. So let's say I'm wrong about everything. The bet I've placed ultimately results in me just carrying on. I don't think I'm wrong, though. And I, I don't think you think I'm wrong either. That's why you probably watch these videos, although many of you probably do think I'm wrong. But when you can see where things are going, let me just show you this. We have a worker's strike at Kellogg's factories. You want to talk about a shortage of food? They said snacks, right? Okay, well, now there's going to be cereal. It's not, there's not going to be cereal. Look at this. One of these guys is holding up a sign saying, stop sending jobs to Mexico. I agree. Here, here. Americans need jobs. We got to produce for ourselves. But hey, wait a minute. The elites, both Democrat and Republican, have been selling out our jobs. Do you think that right now in 2021, with them still doing this, we're headed towards a path of salvation or ruin? So again, could be wrong, but I'll tell you. If you're at this point where every step of the way, the government has been wrong and they've coerced you every step of the way, and you just say, might as well just keep doing what we're told. Yeah, you, it ends up with you boarding the train car. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, for me, I can't guarantee anybody will stand up and not refuse, you know, refuse to comply. You look at like uh, the Blaze and Daily Wire, they're all refusing to comply with Biden's illegal mandates. His edict has no basis in law. He just said a thing. It doesn't work that way. But there are a lot of people who just give in. Let me let me let me let me show you something. We got this from Mike Cernovich. Someone said on May 28th, Republican hating women called Rand's D.C. Senate office threatening to threatening their lives. She was never charged. Yet, if you dare express indignation at a school board member about CRT or forced masks, the Biden DOJ and FBI say you're a criminal. Cernovich says, ma'am, this is why libertarianism is a worthwhile hobby and intellectual endeavor, but not workable politically. He goes on to say when Republicans take power, if they ever do. The sole goal must be revenge. I'm not sure I agree. I understand the sentiment, but I ultimately think that just is escalation. If that is the sentiment among the populists, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think things will get better? I don't. Because either the Republicans do nothing and the Democrats push for everything they did escalates. Or the Republicans say we're going to stand up and push back and the Democrats go nuts and then you get who knows what. I got a few more tweets from Cernovich. He was going to mention that Trump wouldn't go after the rioters, but Garland is going after parents. What makes you think that four more years of a weak Trump is going to do anything when you're literally witnessing what a strong administration looks like? Isn't it funny? Biden's a strong administration. I mean, he's nuts, but boy, are they willing to crush anyone? Joe Biden just issued several illegal decrees. Trump wouldn't do it. Cernovich also says, Wait until the moderates see how we are being treated. That'll change things. Meanwhile, the suburban moderate vote goes Democrat. So I'm sorry if it seems a little pessimistic, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be realistic. And sometimes real life isn't pretty. 
A lot of people want to believe that they can sit back in their lounge chairs, order pizza and wings and watch the game and it's all blow over. Yeah, it reminds me of Shaun of the Dead. It reminds me of that meme where death goes door to door and each door has a different symbol on it. And it's used to exemplify different things. It reminds me of the Antifa riots. People thought that if they ducked in their basement, Antifa would pass by their homes. They didn't. They went around smashing up everything. They smashed up businesses. Now, if you flew their flag and swore allegiance, they'd leave you alone. Perhaps it's a smart move. If you want to just stay safe, you'll cower and live under their feet. But I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. So I say this. I'll move to West Virginia. We'll set up a big space where we can have farming and chickens and skateboards and skate parks and more work. We will continually produce content that inspires and, and, and spreads influence towards the ideals of liberty and fun. In our vlog, we don't wear masks. We don't talk about mandates. We ride bikes, dirt bikes, fun stuff. And we want people to see that and be inspired by it. We don't want to produce content where we're living in cubicles wearing masks. We don't want to be like these creepy weirdos like Trevor Noah, who does his show from, you know, like going from a studio into his bedroom. No, no, no. We're going from the bedroom to the studio. We just built a new studio. Now we're expanding because we want people to see what we're doing and say, that's the life we should be living, not under the feet of these tyrants. So the goal is to produce more content and try and be a beacon of light in the darkness. It reminds me of, you know, that that movie. Uh, what's it called? It's actually really bad, but like all the light is slowly disappearing and then people are getting eaten by silhouettes or whatever. And they're like holding the light up or maybe Chronicles of Riddick where it's like that little bit of light. Now, I'm not the only one who's engaging in light, you know, uh, bearing or trying to spread some positivity in the darkness. There are many people who do it, but we're certainly trying to do it. At the same time, however, I firmly recommend that people find a better life away from these cities. Because the idea that you will just stay there and things will get better is wrong. And I think most of you know it. And you know you know it. If there is a strike at Kellogg plants where they make food, when there's already a food shortage and shrinkflation and prices are already going up, look at this. Shrinkflation, smaller products at higher prices. Have you been noticing this? Man, I can't remember. We went to the, we went to the store that, uh, last, uh, wow. We went shopping and... It was expensive. I think it was like 600 and something bucks to, to uh, like three, four, three fourths of the way full shopping cart. I was surprised. Meat and, and proteins. Wow. Really expensive. So you know what? I'm not a psychic. I just read the news a lot. And it's really simple. Maybe the reason people don't hear what I'm saying, and this one's obvious, is that leftists, they don't watch the news. You know, I've actually had leftists argue with me on Facebook. There's no vaccine mandate. And I'm like, how did you miss that? Well, they don't read the news. If I read a news story and it says that, uh, you know, uh, zebras are loose in Maryland. That's a true story, by the way. Apparently zebras are loose in Maryland. Um, I know that there's a percentage chance that I could encounter zebras on my drive. I do not believe it will likely occur. But if I see a news story that says a warm summer gave way to a stink bug population boom, then I can say, okay, it's time to start planning what we're going to do about sealing up cracks because we got a stink bug problem. And sure enough, yeah, we got a really bad stink bug problem. It's really simple. If, I, if, if we publish a story on TimCast.com saying prices are getting higher, products are, are getting smaller, and there's a shortage of a shortage bunch of different food, we're quite literally telling you what's happening. And then you can make a guess as to what that means. Well, it means that people are going to go to their bosses and say, I need more money. 
When they go to their boss and say, I need more money, the boss is going to say, I got to charge more money. And it's going to result in potentially hyperinflation. Now, I don't, th- I don't know for sure if hyperinflation will happen. But if inflation is already starting to happen, if they're joking or whatever about printing a trillion dollar coin and they're mass printing and borrowing money like crazy, is the economy doing well? No. So now's your chance. I told you several months ago, hey, look at these food shortages. Have you experienced them yet? Maybe some of you hadn't. Maybe many people are like, I haven't noticed anything. Okay. Maybe some of you have. Maybe now you should say, okay, if the food shortages were, and, and, and it's not a prediction. Let me just remind you. I just read a news article and then I said, hey, that's weird. Why isn't anybody reporting on this? And now we're seeing it at a national level. Now we're seeing food shortages, chicken shortages. I went to Starbucks the other day. They said, sorry, we, we, you know, like a week ago, we're out of all of these things we can't serve. And I'm like, wow. Actually, I think it was like two weeks ago. So when you see the stories telling you what's happening, you can assume that this is the one time right now the escalation stops. And maybe it is. Or maybe it's going to keep happening. The trend over the past several years has been escalation. So I have no data points to suggest things will calm down. So I can say this. I don't think it's all bad. I think bad things are happening. but I think bad things happen all the time. Life isn't this perfect rainbow utopia. You and I have lived in a golden age for too long. It's time to roll up your sleeves, get to work, make the hard choices, and fight to survive. Or don't. Don't listen to me. I'm crazy. Ignore me. Stay in the city, comply with the orders and the edicts, and see how it plays out for you. Because I'll tell you this, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Whenever I cook food, I always tell people, look, I don't know if it's going to taste good. I like it. Because I can't guarantee I'm a good chef. Probably not. Actually, I think I maybe, I maybe make some good things. Some good old garlicky potatoes. Can't, can't, can't do those wrong, right? Some red potatoes sliced, sliced thin. Mm, delicious. Well, I haven't actually, I've been doing keto for the past few months. But when I make something, I'll bake something and I'll be like, look, if you don't like it, it's fine. I made it for myself. That's how I, that's how I view everything. I can't tell you if I'm going to be correct. I don't know. I'll just tell you this. I seem to be doing very well. And that means that not just predictions in politics, but predictions in tech and social media across the board, I have made right decisions. I'm not saying that I've made every right decision, but let's just say out of, out of 100 decisions I make, 51 happen to be correct. In the end, I end up with a successful business with many people who trust what I have to say. I end up being better prepared for riots and, and crisis and food shortages. And maybe that's just, I don't know, good luck. Or maybe it's just because literally my job is to read the news all day, every day. It's kind of like insider information. If you're working as a carpenter or a, you know, a, um, an insurance broker or something, maybe you're not reading all the stories I am. But you don't have to trust me because I don't see everything. I'm not omniscient. I, I can't read every story. I just see more and more of the same happening. So I remember before the toilet paper crisis happened, we were fine. We didn't have to worry about it. Remember when everyone was fighting over toilet paper? We went out and bought some. We went to the store and, and, and then filmed down the aisle where there was none left. And we were like, wow, we were way ahead of this. But it makes sense, right? Why wouldn't I be? If I'm investigating this stuff and reporting the news, wouldn't I know before you do? So when I say I'm going to go do X, you're hearing it likely like after I've already done it. If I say I'm going to go to the store and buy some beef, we're probably going to go like right now. And by the time you watch this, you're a few hours after I already did. So when we like me and my friends are watching all this news and we see these things and we see the mass printing of money and we're like, I'm going to buy cryptocurrency. Let me tell you, my friends. Several years ago, I was talking about all of this with a lot of people. 
I ended up buying when Bitcoin was at like $1,300. And I bought a good amount, a good amount. I'm not going to pretend like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ultra wealthy or anything. And now it's at $54,000. But you need to factor in inflation and shrinkflation and all that. The buying power might actually only be the equivalent of 30000 where it, you know, from where it was when I bought it. But I bought Bitcoin. I bought Ethereum. I bought other. I also bought uh, Cardano. This is not financial advice. I'm just telling you what I bought. And I'm extremely happy with those choices because it was an excellent hedge and an excellent investment. And you were told over and over again by a lot of people that they thought Bitcoin was going to be massive. And for some reason, the establishment elites kept telling you to avoid it, that it was going to crash, that it was a scam. Unfortunately, poor people fell for it and they sold everything. So I may not be right about everything, but I've been right about enough to be doing all right. Maybe that's just, I don't know, luck, like I said. But I'll tell you this, each and every one of you who watches, who's a member, you're making this possible. And so long as you are members, I'll continue to make content like this, to research the news, to tell you what I think. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. I I can't tell you if I'm going to be right on everything. But I appreciate your support as we hire more journalists, build out free software to challenge the censorship and continue reporting the news to the best of our abilities. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Last night, after we finished up with the Timcast IRL show, we got word that TikTok had permanently banned our account. Now, this hasn't happened before, and permanent ban is a loose term, but it's what they say. And we can potentially appeal it. We'll see what happens. Now, my understanding of TikTok bans is that they just remove your content and only ban you if you are an egregious violator of the rules, meaning like your account is designed to post garbage. If your account is legitimate, it's a business. They typically just remove the content they don't like. This is most likely because we hosted Alex Jones and especially on more than one occasion. We've had problems with clips relating to Alex Jones and recently They took down one of our videos. We appealed it. They restored it and said it was fine because Alex didn't say anything against the rules, which just goes to show you that the rules for the most part are arbitrary. I say for the most part because you know if you do something, they'll come after you. But often with people like Jones, they just ban you anyway. Now, I know a lot of people respond by saying, why are you even on TikTok? Well, why wouldn't we be? TikTok apparently now has surpassed YouTube in watch minutes. It's not the same thing. TikTok is not podcast platform material. YouTube did not want to be TikTok a long time ago. YouTube wanted to be TV and they got their wish. And now they'll likely struggle in many ways because of it. YouTube is trying to do shorts, which would effectively compete with TikTok, but it's not going to work. You have a core platform. That's it. A long time ago, YouTube used to be short viral clips because people got their TV from TV. People started watching things like Vice on YouTube, and Vice was getting millions of views. Netflix came out with streaming services, and that's what freaked YouTube executives out. I know this because I've met with them and talked to them about it, and I told them they were wrong. This is the path they wanted to go down. It's funny. Ten years on, here I am. Right. You see, back then, YouTube was saying, we are losing viewers because Netflix provides premium content. And I said, people don't go to YouTube for TV shows. They go for YouTube. There's a, most of the biggest people on YouTube are not TV shows. Stop trying to make them TV shows. Help the talent on the platform succeed and create a meritocratic system where the best content rises to the top. 
And they said, no, we want, we want Game of Thrones. We want, you know, we want TV. Okay. What happens now? You see Snapchat, you see Instagram, and you see TikTok. And TikTok gets more traffic, more minutes viewed than YouTube. That being said, you're on YouTube right now because it's a better platform for long form content because it's what YouTube ultimately wanted. Now, back to the censorship. The funny thing is we did get censored on our first Alex Jones episode, and maybe there is something good here, potentially. What I mean is censorship is all it's all bad, right? Banning the content and removing us from TikTok is bad. But when YouTube censored our Alex Jones episode, uh, and many of other other episodes that were at risk were just hosted in other places. That's a threat to YouTube's system. I mean, they're, they're the dominant video platform to a certain degree. You could argue now that TikTok is becoming that. Regardless, I know TikTok, China, all that bad stuff. But we still want to make sure we have a presence on places where we can provide influence and share our political opinions. The content we would post on TikTok was not long form. It was like a few minutes. In fact, I can just show you our Instagram And you can see what these clips are. Let's go, Brandon. The gang is skeptical about Biden's approval polls. I'm living proof. YouTuber Ailes Garcella shares that she started getting demonetized after she went after she she left the left. These are our clips. They're 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 not offensive. They don't break any rules. But TikTok still removed us. Here's what I think is going to happen, whether intentional or not. I don't know. YouTube is waning. YouTube's um, dominance in the video space is starting to falter because of platforms like TikTok. YouTube clearly tries to counter this, but it just ultimately isn't working. I don't think, I mean, maybe we'll see, but I just, I don't think so. Now, YouTube does provide an excellent way for people to make money, but still, it's very difficult. The thing about TikTok is it's just short videos and people can make easy content for free. And y'all, and, and, and businesses struggle to compete with that. YouTube will eventually, in my opinion, start to become like Facebook. Facebook right now is mostly boomers. Uh, There are a lot of regular people on it, but young people, eh, they're on TikTok. So Facebook becomes a product of the old. And we've seen Facebook bleeding out users for some time, mostly Gen Z. YouTube was very, you know, young, but now people are aging. And even YouTube will go down the same path as Facebook. Just like with Yahoo News back in the day. Sure, it still exists. It's influence. I shouldn't say Yahoo News, Yahoo.com. Its influence wanes dramatically, and no one really cares about it, but it's there. And then TikTok will become the dominant platform. With TikTok's more extreme rules, and yes, TikTok is substantially more extreme than any of the other platforms, exemplified by the fact that I'm not banned on any other platform, you can see just what's going to happen. This is likely, uh, you know, what, Chinese influence, perhaps? Because TikTok told us, or at least our understanding was, we're not going to ban you because you're not purposefully violating the rules, you just host conversations that sometimes do. Now, they permanently banned us probably because they don't like Alex Jones. And here we are. This is the direction of the internet. This is the direction the establishment and the elites want it to go. They don't want you to be able to have these conversations. And like I say over and over again, it's only a matter of time before we don't exist. So what did we do? Well, we made our speakeasy, TimCast.com. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. There is a whole lot of content. All of our journalists, we've got writers. We've got a team of writers producing content, original reporting, as well as aggregate reporting. We've got members-only content, new shows being created. Tales from the Inverted World just launched. The next episode is going to be amazing with new visuals. And we are using the money from your memberships to do those things. Because it will be soon that the rest of our content is removed. Right now, Timcast IRL is a, it's an iTunes top podcast. 
We're not the biggest in the world, but we certainly host conversations that rub the establishment the wrong way. The funny thing is, there are a lot of top conservative podcasts that don't. They don't rub the the establishment the wrong way. We do. I don't know exactly why, but let's be honest. I mean, I think most conservative podcasts are in the top do rub the establishment the wrong way, but they get supported. They get propped up. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. Honestly, I, I have no idea, but I do think we are likely to get banned before most people. And maybe it's because I'm a bit more obstinate and arrogant um, when it comes to my uh, personal opinions. I don't play into tribalism, so I don't have the same support. Even right now, as you know, we are getting banned, Trump supporters are cheering for it. Not all of them, mind you, but many are saying good because they don't like me. Well, that's the path you go down. If the only option is to either pick a pick a tribe and adhere to their dogma or or you know or, or you know cultural leaders leadership, well, that's not true freedom, is it? But that's the direction we're going. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. I don't know. I actually think that the, the, the show we do and the opinions we have are rather unique in many respects because we don't necessarily just align with anyone on the left or right, because we're, you know, fairly moderate and eclectic in our political opinions. But this is the direction that's going to happen, uh, is, that, is that we're going. I certainly think, you know, you'll see conservatives banned in many respects well before I, I'm banned. Certainly people like Alex Jones have already been banned. But this is the point. We want to be on TikTok. We want to be able to share content with people who normally wouldn't see it. Well, TikTok said the hard line was letting people hear Alex Jones. No, he didn't say anything crazy. He's just talking about the Federal Reserve and, and things like that. Doesn't matter. They don't want Alex Jones to have any kind of presence in this new ecosystem. At least that's my opinion on it. But I think this is where we'll end up, especially when you look at what's going on with the, the new Facebook quote unquote whistleblower. I'm not going to cry about being banned on TikTok, but uh, and that's not like my personal account, because honestly, I don't really don't think I have one. Interestingly, the Tim Pool hashtag and Timcast have like, you know, something like, I don't know, 20 million views or, or videos or, or yeah, I think it's views. I don't use TikTok um, because I'm an old man and I briefly use Snapchat. But I do think it's funny that's like, you know, when, when things get started, we all use YouTube. And then as we get older, we stay on YouTube and the younger people find different social media platforms. And now I'm like, I don't know anything about that TikTok. I know, but we use it because uh, we use it like everything else. But it is funny when you see people like, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, for instance, doesn't tweet as actively as I do, um, but he still uses Twitter to a certain extent. Older people will still have a presence, but they're not particularly active. And so I can't use every single platform. But we want to have Timcast IRL having a presence. Well, now we have this Facebook whistleblower 
which should give you a, a better indication of what's to come. The internet needs regulating. Facebook calls on legislators to create standard rules for the web, but hits out at whistleblower Frances Hogan saying she never met with top executives. Frances Hogan is not a whistleblower. Um, I mean, I, I think you can say technically she might fit the bill, but whistleblowers typically unveil some kind of overt malfeasance, not business practices, right? The issue with this whistleblower is that she's basically saying, uh, and things we, I, I agree with, honestly, that, you know, uh, the content, the, the system they've produced harms young women. Instagram, for instance, making them lose their mind. We agree with that. And that they're, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I disagree on with, with, with the whistleblower, but pointing out that, pointing out how Facebook prioritizes algorithmic gains over how people, like what it's doing to people, I think that's a great point. Facebook knows they're making people insane. They know they're driving people to become extreme extremists and hyperpolarized, and they don't care because they're extracting money from the system. The problem is this individual is, uh, I mean, it all seems like a ploy, to be honest. Facebook wants regulation. Facebook needs to be like, please stop making us take the hit. Facebook wants to be able to go to the press and say, don't look at us. The government regulates how we operate these things so they can just get money and have a shield from the government. Section 230 provides a shield for Facebook. They can't get get sued over what other people say. But the problem is people say things that are objectionable to advertisers. And Facebook then has to say, oh, man, if we remove these people, we're going to get attacked by our users. And if we don't, the advertisers don't want to be here. If the government could just take responsibility for this, no one will. No one can fire them. And then we can go, oh, geez. Oh, no. Oh, then along comes this woman who basically says everything Facebook agrees with, claiming to oppose Facebook. The Internet needs regulating. OK, so a whistleblower comes out and says Facebook is doing all these bad things. And then Facebook goes, we agree. Regulate us. How convenient. I got to tell you, this one sure is funny. Let me show you some tweets real quick. I get this recommendation. Francis Hogan, verified, follow. What? Why? I, I've never typed anything about her. I didn't search for her. I said, huh, I thought I was already following Red Steve's. That's Stephen L. Miller. I did think I was following him. Apparently I wasn't, or I got unfollowed from him. No idea why I should follow the fake whistleblower though, or why Twitter is recommending her. I don't know who she is. I don't care who she is. And her opinion to me is mostly irrelevant. What is relevant is Facebook's opinion as a whole, which Seems to agree with this person blowing the whistle, but all of a sudden, verified profile and being recommended to me to follow? Oh, spare me, dude. We got this from Michael Tracy. He said, sorry, but why should this Facebook whistleblower be treated as though she has some profound insight into what constitutes the common good? Very strange when these people, individual, hold hold themselves out as latter-day philosopher kings because they once worked at Yelp. Michael also says, Of course, the Facebook whistleblower receives a national red carpet media tour because she finds a way to blame the platform for misinformation and hate, i.e. the things political cultural elites are always looking to find a scapegoat for to explain trends they don't like. I mean, and there we are. He says the natural consequence of this whistleblowing, a term selectively ascribed by the media to confer virtue, is to impose ever more speech regulation and censorship. Exactly what happened post-2016 with frenzied allegations of Russian interference. There is, there's no reason anyone should mindlessly accept whatever this officially anointed whistleblower defines as polarizing content or safety. Intentionally vague weasel words necessarily born of her own subjective political cultural judgment to justify more censorship. It's not whistleblowing to say, I disagree with what this company is doing. 
So therefore, I completely agree with what their plan is for the future. You know what? This really does feel like a setup. Uh, it seems like this Facebook whistleblower is the perfect person that Zuckerberg needed to get the regulation he's been asking for over and over again. That doesn't seem to come about. Why? Because Republicans are like, nah. Republicans don't want the hard regulation. They, they don't really want much of anything. They're not going to do anything if they win in 2022. So we can be all excited about a potential red wave, but then roll our eyes when nothing eventually happens. We'll see. Maybe y'all will primary these people like Lindsey Graham. How is he still winning? Why haven't y'all primaried that guy? No joke. But here's what will happen. You see me getting banned from TikTok. As TikTok grows and begins to dominate social media space, people say, why are you even on it? Because we want to be in the conversation. But now Tim Castile has been removed for hosting conversations outside of what they find acceptable. So eventually, when YouTube and Facebook wane, when Instagram starts to wane and TikTok becomes the, the new Facebook, we won't be there. And you see how this plays, how this goes. Now, there may be people who will still post some of our content from other places. So, you know, by all means, if you're watching these videos or any of my videos and you've got a TikTok account, you know, post them, whatever. I'm not going to uh, cry about uh, cry about it. I, you, you can post the videos. We'll be posting them as well. I mean, I think I guess we're allowed to make a new account if they ban your account. They don't stop you from making new ones like other platforms do. So it's an interesting rule set. And so we'll try, but we weren't told exactly what we did wrong. We had a podcast with the, uh, the Fresh and Fit guys. They're a popular podcast. They tried taking those videos down. We had to appeal. So we don't know exactly what the rules are. and They don't really tell you. And they just take your video down. You don't really get a strike or anything. They just say, you know, we're removing this. In the future, there may be a large TimCast.com media presence. There may be a whole bunch of shows under the TimCast.com belt. But the way things are going, forgive me for being a little pessimistic, it seems like we're heading in a direction where the way to censor people is not to ban them because they'll revolt, but it's to reduce the legitimacy and the relevance of the platform those people use. Steven Crowder may be particularly influential. And if people who support him start using TikTok, then, you know, his content will appear there. But there's already people with substantially larger followings and more left-leaning uh, political opinions dominating the platform, in which case, well, there you go. In the long run, you will lose that influence. So you start on YouTube, you build up influence, you hold your opinions. But as time goes on, the, the machine is shifting everything leftward, promoting leftist personalities. I mean, if you go, if you open up a new browser in cognito mode and go to YouTube, you're going to get all leftist stuff. It's never going to be right wing stuff. It won't. Because advertisers are beholden to the cultural establishment of the left and Republicans and the right have just failed miserably at creating that culture, which is why we're doing TimCast.com and making culture and trying to say, we're going to produce things that matter. In the long run, if this really all breaks down and we go into two different countries or who knows what happens, there is no, there's no culture outside of the leftist controlled institutions. It didn't used to be that way. You know, uh, watching Seinfeld, uh, you know, Netflix has Seinfeld on it. And like, I've never actually watched it. I was like, I'll watch an episode. And I'm like, yeah, this stuff won't fly. You know, uh, um, 30 Rock. I watched, I just binged the whole series again over the you know, past several weeks. And that won't fly this either. In fact, Tina Fey, who I think is tremendously funny, apologized for several of the episodes they've done in a pathetic display. They were making fun of, of, of bigots. Or I should say they're making fun uh, Biggest probably too vague. They're making fun of people doing offensive things. You can't do that anymore. So they apologized for it. 
okay, if that's the direction we're going, then what are we going to end up with? The culture that was actually edgy and challenged uh, these these preconceptions. Uh, you know, the amazing thing about 30 Rock is that Liz Lemon, the main character, actually says she secretly voted for John McCain. A New York liberal woman said, well, she said she'd tell all her friends she'll vote Obama, but she'll probably vote for McCain. Wow. You know, that was back in 2008. That's a fascinating thing. To say. They would never say anything like that. They would come out now, wouldn't go anywhere near. Could you imagine a character saying, you know, I would tell everyone I'd vote Biden, but I would secretly vote for Trump. They'd be like, oh, why are you a Nazi? This is where the culture is going. The bans are coming. And in a long enough period of time, if YouTube does become less relevant to the national conversation, then they don't need to ban you or me. What will end up happening is the new platform just won't have us on it. And then young people who are already on TikTok are not going to hear what I have to say. And they, don't, they're not, they shouldn't be forced to, but this is the curation system. Back in the day when they had that broadcast tower and they had those guaranteed channels, there's just those three or four channels, they knew they could control public opinion. They could say what they wanted, and that was what people believed. And then the internet changed all of that. And in the early days, you had people actively saying, let's get more voices in the mix. Now they're doing the opposite. Now you have a whistleblower saying, oh, this is all harmful content and misinformation and it needs to be regulated and it's hate speech. You know what? I'll say this. We do have an interesting problem. On TV, they used to, uh, they used to know when children were watching Saturday morning cartoons. So they knew if this is a show that we are running and it's for kids, we can't do certain things per law. On YouTube, kids can watch whenever, wherever, however. And so it's a lot more difficult to regulate this content to make sure kids aren't being negatively, negatively impacted. And I think most of us recognize we want kids not to be negatively impacted. Something interesting happened. YouTube said, okay, based on the new law, we cannot collect data on minors, on children, specifically children, and serve targeted ads. So what ends up happening? One of the funniest things ever. It used to be that if you had a video for children, you'd get a commercial for uh, toys. Now that YouTube can't track that data, what happens? Videos for literal children will, sh- will be like, will, will have ads on it for like life insurance policies. I suppose in essence, that's not a bad thing. I mean, kids should be learning about the real world and like what adults are doing. But it is certainly funny to have adult ads that are just generally targeted, not, tar- you know, being played in front of children, you know, like osteoporosis commercials or something like completely irrelevant to the kids. This is what they're going to grow up watching, I suppose. I don't have all the answers. Um, I do have some predictions. We will get banned. I mean, yeah, I think everyone's I mean, they're slowly chipping away at removing Project Veritas. Veritas still has enough influence among enough people to push these stories out on social media. But so long as the system keeps doing what it's doing, this is a losing battle. In the end, there may be a fracturing of the states, a great a great national divorce. Who knows? I don't have all the answers, like I said. However, does Texas have a social network? No. So there's some questions that are being asked. What happens after a great divorce? Is there going to be a cultural engine for the right or for the new country? Will there be a tech engine? Apparently there won't be. People will still be using all of the culture, all the institutions culturally controlled by the left. I still don't think that means it's a bad thing. And I don't know if we're going in the direction of two different countries. Perhaps what we really need is just stronger federalism. We need the federal government to back off and let states just be states, and then we're fine. 
Or maybe what happens is you guys support projects like TimCast.com. You know why? We have two nonprofits already filed. There's the, I think we even have a website for a couple of them. I think for, for them both, I'm not sure. Truth in Media, which is funny because it wasn't my idea, but it's Tim, Truth in Media. And uh, because we have, a, we have a team and we have a, a, a board of directors, it's a nonprofit. The goal is going to be to fact check news outlets and provide ratings and also fact check the fact checkers and call them out when they're lying and trying to manipulate. And then we have the Open Network Foundation, which is people volunteering their time. We are going to be hiring people and funneling money from, you know, when you make memberships, we're going to, we're going to do what we can to make sure we're contributing legally donations to the nonprofit so that it can create open source software. When you go to Walmart and you see the self-checkout, those machines run on Linux, open source operating systems. You know why? It's free. Why should Walmart? Walmart's going to be like, how much will it cost us to use Windows on these machines? And they're going to be like, oh, that's going to be millions. Now, some stores, maybe Walmart, use uh, Windows XP or some really old system because I don't know if they use XP anymore, but they're like, we don't want to pay for up-to-date licensing, so give us the old crap. We just need an operating system for these computers. But I think most people, most, most big companies use Linux because it's free. And they just would hire someone to develop their, the, the app they need for Linux and then run it on their machines for free, no licensing charge. We want to do that for social media. So we have already been building out social networking technology to attach to the Fediverse, a decentralized network of various servers, so that you can host your own web presence. Now, Gab exists on the Fediverse, and that's basically your Twitter you can't be banned if you have your own server. Gab could ban you. But if you're on Gab, other nodes could ban the Gab node, but they have no authority over you. It's a good step in the right direction. This could be the optimism in the light at the end of the tunnel. What we're working on now at the Open Network Foundation is a Patreon-like subscription service platform so that you can't be banned. Because when we saw Lauren Southern and, and Carl Benjamin have their incomes purged, said, hey, that's a bad thing. So what we're going to make is what we're building is a way for you to just launch, you know, your own website, you buy server space or host your own server, and then you install this package, which is an open source version of a subscription, you know, uh, social media service. And then you can sync whatever account you want for, you know, your your income. And then people can become members. So I take a look at these other platforms like Subscribestar, Patreon, or Locals. We don't need these centralized platforms. Now, I think, you know, Locals does a better job and, and, you know, good for Dave Rubin and all that stuff. Congratulations on all the success with that. But I look at it as another centralized network. Now, what we need is a way that people can't be banned because locals can still ban you. I'm not saying Dave would, but I certainly wonder what would happen if MasterCard went to locals and said, if you don't ban this person, we'll cut off your service entirely. Let's talk about our system. The system we're building makes no profit for us. We are losing money by doing it because we believe in the mission and we want to genuinely make the world a better place and we have the means to do so. When you create your own open network node, no one can ban you but, well, your server company, I guess, find a new server host. If you get banned by your hosting provider, then say, I'll go to a different company. And then boom, your website's instantly back up. You can eventually get attacked by Google and these other platforms that want to ban you and all that stuff, but no one has the singular authority to ban you. And that's the point. And then when you go to the central hub website that tracks the nodes, you will see all of these nodes that can't be banned. Now, people could create in the Fediverse principal, like semi-central nodes where it's like someone could, could create no, node hub or something. 
and then you can choose to follow whoever you want that exists in the decentralized universe. That node hub could ban somebody, but then you need only go to Gab. Now, Gab's not going to ban people because they believe in freedom. You see how this works? It creates an open and independent social networking system, and we're expanding upon it. Hopefully, this becomes something as powerful as crypto and protects people from censorship. Fingers crossed, because otherwise you look at what's happening and we'll be banned too. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Dave Chappelle is back to ruffle the feathers of the establishment left, and they're not too happy with the latest special from the comedian called The Closer, which premiered on Netflix just recently, because apparently in it, he makes jokes about trans people, and he makes some like, I mean, I don't even know if I can tell you the jokes he made. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get into it. I'm not going to I'm not going to shy away from the things that Dave Chappelle said on Netflix. If YouTube doesn't want it, well, too bad. But you see, now the media is in an uproar. They're calling him a turf. They're saying he's transphobic. Things they've already said to him, which he didn't care about and then doubled down. Dave Chappelle apparently came out and said he was a turf himself. He defended J.K. Rowling. He says basically in his joke, he says trans women aren't real women. But strangely, he also says he's not trying to say that trans women aren't women. He just goes out and straight up says it, comparing trans women to like soy based cheeseburgers, which is look, I got the joke. I think Dave Chappelle's a very, very funny guy. And, and if you listen to his comedy, you know, he doesn't agree with the right. He's not conservative. He's he's had very choice words for Candace Owens. But he also just speaks his mind and he pushes buttons and he does comedy. Why, as as an Asian person, I recall his last comedy special where he did a caricature of Asian people and it was like a stereotypical 1930s Asian stereotype. And I thought it was hilarious. Oh, now I can already hear the progressives yelling, but you're not you're not Asian enough, Tim. Shut up. Okay, if I can see a comedian and he wants to make fun of some something that has to do with my culture or heritage, I'm a big boy. I'll say, okay. Okay, Dave, you can make fun of me. And that's the thing I see right now. You know, why is it that uh, I'm more likely to have a conversation and agreement with someone like Ben Shapiro, who is an Orthodox Jew and conservative, when I'm actually fairly libertarian and somewhat left leaning? Well, I'll give you a really good example. It's really easy. Look at when someone posts something disparaging about Ben Shapiro on Twitter. And what does Ben Shapiro do? He rolls with it. He gets it. People make fun of people. And that's why one of the reasons people like Ben Shapiro, because he's an adult. And isn't that the big difference between or one of the big differences between the left, right, cult, not cult, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I'll tell you, this is a really funny post where, you know, it's like a picture I took of myself without a hat on and people post it like it's some kind of gotcha. I'm like, yo, I'm the one who put that photo up. But that just goes to show you there are people on the left and they think that I, I guess they, 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 they use their personal experience and personal feelings to try and go after other people, which doesn't work on someone like me or Ben Shapiro and, and many others. I mean, obviously Crowder and people like, you know, Sticks, Hacks and Amor, I always give him a shout out. He's a great YouTube, uh, YouTube channel. I don't think any of these actual adults who are responsible for themselves are going to be swayed or discouraged by dumb insults. Someone says something dumb about me. I go, eh. I love it. The best they can come up with is they say Pim Tool. Tim Pool is a dim fool. And, and OK, I guess, whatever. Am I supposed to get mad about it? Ben Shapiro was on Bill Maher 
And he was there with Malcolm Nance. And Malcolm Nance said something like, is this what you do on your show? Because it sucks. And I just heard that and I was like, talk about low brow. Just low brow. Okay, fine, I guess. Ben Shapiro responded with something like, I'll take that to heart while I'm sleeping on piles of money. All right. That was a hard clap back. I'm not a big fan of that response. My response would have been like, Malcolm, are we having a serious show here? I mean, I'm, like, I'm not here to tell you what you do sucks. I'm here to talk about the, the facts and the points. If that's not something you're capable of doing because you want to make, you want to make it emotional, by all means, you know, we don't have to do this. I'm doing this as a courtesy. But of course, Ben Shapiro can snap back, clap back. You know, everyone's entitled to it. And the point is, yeah, I don't think Ben Shapiro cares all that much when people make fun of him because he sleeps on piles of money. Among other things, I think the dude is principled and he's standing up for his principles, even when you don't agree with them. And a lot of the populist libertarian types don't agree with the guy. Well, here's what's going on with Mr. Dave Chappelle, the Daily Beast. Oh, we love the Daily Beast. Dave Chappelle says he's a turf and is quitting LGBTQ jokes and Netflix is the closer. The comedy greats ninth stand up special on sixth for Netflix is the most incendiary, troubling and unapologetic one yet. You know what I see here? They're ragging on him but also calling him a comedy great. You know why? These are the people that don't know anything other than mainstream political opinion, like what they get from TV. So what they know is that people like Dave Chappelle. What they also know is that people don't like transphobia. The reality is the world they live in, Twitter, is not real. They have surrounded themselves with a fringe microscopic faction. Oh, you know what my favorite story of this cycle was? Did y'all hear about Aussie media? No, you didn't. Oh, I love this story. Oh, not the Aussie media one. I love how journalists are sitting in a room together thinking that the stupid BS they talk about matters to regular people. Did you hear Aussie media sale? Oh, I can't believe it. It was a, it was a house of cards. And then I'm sitting here like, so what? Do you think any regular American actually cares about that? No. What do they care about? I don't know why their paycheck is getting smaller, why they're fired from their job, why they're being told they have to go and get a medical procedure. And they watch Netflix and they like Dave Chappelle. But the critics don't because the critics live in bubble world. Yeah, that's it. Let me let me let me throw it. Let me throw it to some uh, some old Dave Chappelle Rotten Tomato Sticks and Stones 2019 tomato meter. 35%. Boy, did the critics hate it. Audience score with 25,000 plus ratings, 99. Isn't it that that obvious? You know what, man? The mainstream media, these personalities, I forgot what the word is called. Someone was tweeting about it earlier. It's a paradox where they go along with things they don't actually agree with because they assume everyone else agrees with it. But the reality is no one agrees with it. So it creates this weird... Mexican standoff of cancel culture, where it's like one day someone come out could come out and say something like, I like putting a, a, a teaspoon of salt in my iced tea. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, I, I, I do the same thing. I, I put I put salt in my iced tea, too. And, and then people are like, you know, independent thinkers go, you put salt in your iced tea. Psh, you don't. You must be a loser because they think everyone they, they think most people actually do this stupid and ridiculous thing. All right, let's read the story. The Daily Beast says in the early hours of Tuesday morning, Dave Chappelle dropped the closer, his ninth stand up special overall. The hour long set was recorded at the Fillmore in Detroit in August of this year. Everyone have a seat, be comfortable, relax. 
I got to tell you, let's go, let's go. Chappelle sporting a perfectly manicured suit and white sneakers tells the raucous crowd at the start. Look how well-dressed this man is. Because I, I say that because in the last special, he's wearing like a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. The 48-year-old comedy legend then adds, I need you guys to know something, and I'm going to tell you the truth, and don't get freaked out. This is going to be my last special for a minute. Once the applause dies down, Chappelle dives in tackling COVID and his own battle with the deadly virus. He goes on to say that he got COVID, and he makes fun of Johnson & Johnson, and he says he took the third best option. He says, I don't know if you heard the news, I did get COVID. He said it didn't, it, you know, it didn't make him feel that bad at all. He further admits that he didn't get sick from COVID. Over the course of Closer, which directed by Emmy winner Stan Lathan, who's shot all of Chappelle's Netflix specials, the comic weighs in a lot of issues, racism, discrimination, sexuality, gender identity, often finding himself pitting the struggle for black liberation against the LGBTQ and feminist movements, as he's done repeatedly in the past. And I actually kind of agree with Dave Chappelle. I'm, and I'll show you. I have this tweet from Billy Prempe. You guys will want to see about the vaccine and the black community. Addressing the LGBT community directly, Chappelle says that he comes in peace while wishing to negotiate the release of DaBaby, the chart-topping rapper who made some homophobic comments during his set at Miami's Rolling Loud Festival back in July, before expressing how jealous he is of the progress that the LGBT community has made compared to black people, and recounting that at the time, a gay white man called the police on him in Austin after Chappelle confronted the man about filming him and his wife in a bar. He then clumsily segues into a troubling story about a supposed incident in which he says it beat up a butch lesbian woman for, for throwing a punch at him. He says he's glad TMZ didn't believe the story because he did beat the ish out of her. He says, I'm not going to lie. It was her fault. I had no choice. There's more. He, uh, Chappelle weighing in on the annoying as F ways Hollywood's white women have handled the Me Too movement, arguing the onus was somehow on Weinstein's A-list victims to hire underlings as agents in order to protect everyone from his abuse and how the transgender community want him dead for his habit of performing transphobic jokes, offering up as evidence that a few times angry transgender people or allies have gotten in his face over said jokes. Any of you who have ever watched me know that I have never had a problem with transgender people. If you listen to what I'm saying, clearly my problem has always been with white people, he maintains. I'm not a fan of that. I get the joke, though. I don't think Dave Chappelle actually hates white people, but I think he has good points to make about racism. And I'm going to get to the, to, to, the, to the vaccine stuff, Tuskegee experiments, etc. And we'll talk about it. Chappelle then tries to convince the audience and the crowd at home that he's never made any explicitly anti-trans jokes, requesting that the audience go back and revisit his specials. They say he most certainly has, and you can read the great trans writer Samantha Allen on it here. He defends J.K. Rowling against being canceled, and then before saying, I am team turf for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And this is where he drops those bombs that really pissed off the establishment. Gender is a fact, he reasons, 
Every human being in this room, every human being on earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. That is a fact. Now, I'm not saying this to say trans women aren't women. I'm just saying that those hoo-hoo's that they got, you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's it's not hoo-hoo, but it's beyond hoo-hoo or impossible hoo-hoo. I, I, I could say the word. It's not censored on YouTube, but, you know, family friendly. At least I try to be to a certain degree. He's basically saying like, you know, Beyond Burger and Impossible Burger, how it's like it kind of tastes like a cheeseburger, but you know it's not. That's what he's saying. He says that's not quite what it is. That's not blood. That's beet juice. Chappelle's anti-trans jokes have often boiled down to human anatomy, which shows how unnuanced his views are on the subject. Unnuanced. Well, there is some nuance, but there's still a, dis- a, a debate or a disagreement. I'm pretty sure Dave Chappelle has a nuanced view of these things, and he's making this point, which I get. The issue the left like to bring up is that if there's someone who outwardly appears like a woman and you don't know their privates, then you don't know if it's a woman or how they identify or whatever. The point is they view they view women as socially constructed, which is incorrect. It's not correct. If you go to Wikipedia, for instance, our, our scientific understanding and our linguistic understanding, our colloquial use of women is adult human female. Now, there are issues because you start getting these nitty gritty arguments about if a woman goes through menopause and can't have kids, is she still a woman? Well, yes, of course. And then they say, OK, then what if there is a, uh, uh, you know, a trans woman has the, you know, post operational anatomy, can't have kids? Is that a woman? And they say, OK, well, now you're, you're nitpicking. The issue is you can always break something down to the point where you can argue it doesn't exist. OK, you can say two plus two equals five by adding things to the equation. But the simple mathematical formula of two plus two is simple. It's four. They say, yes, but 2.4 rounded down is 2. And 2.4 plus 2.4 is 4.8, which rounds up to 5. Oh, now we've disproven it. 2 plus 2 equals, no. 2.4 plus 2.4 equals 4.8. You can make arguments about the assumptions people make and all that stuff, and I respect that. That's, you, you can get philosophical. But in this regard, you know, I don't want to get too much into this. I get the point that, that Chappelle is trying to make. The left doesn't accept that. They say it's unnuanced when in reality, I just don't think they understand that we try to make determinations so we can make predictions. That's what that's what science is 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 partly about in a lot of ways. If I do X 100 times, what will the outcome be? And if it's like if I threw a rock at a window, the window will break. That's a definitive statement. And it's not necessarily true. Because of that, you'll end up with postmodernist thinking saying, if you throw a rock at a window, it w- it, saying it will break is incorrect. That's technically the truth. In, for most intents and purposes, throwing a rock at a window breaks the window. But we get it, right? Just because there is a real rational thought within something doesn't mean you can throw out what is deemed to be generally true. Anyway, I digress. They want to say that he later tries to qualify his material by telling a story about Daphne Dorman, a white transgender woman who loved his, his jokes. They go on to say that he then brings up, you know, until we are both sure that we are laughing together, I'm telling you it's done. I'm done talking about it. All I ask of your community with all humidity, will you please stop punching down on my people? That's a really, really good point. And I'll bring you to this story from the New York Post. In Chappelle's closer, the baby canceled for offending gays, but not killing a man. This is the point that he's making. The baby in 2018 admitted to fatally shooting a 19 year old man in a North Carolina Walmart claiming he acted in self-defense. Prosecutors dropped the case. However, DeBaby's career came crashing down in July this year when he made a series of homophobic remarks at a concert in Miami. Dave's right. Yo, 
Sticks and Stones, man. That's the name of his special. And you've literally got a story about a dude, maybe justified. I, I, I'm pro-gun. Kill somebody. I mean, there should be questions about it. If you fire in defense in a Walmart, I want to know what's up. Prosecutors dropped the charges. Certainly seems like he may have been justified. But there was no uproar. There was no outrage. There was no fury. They don't care. They don't care. But he says words. And all of a sudden, it's end his career. That's what Dave Chappelle's talking about. And I agree. I can respect it. I think I know we know where this is going. Dave Chappelle sticks in stone, gets panned. And then you can look over here. And we can see that Dave Chappelle's The Closer already has, with over 100 ratings, 93%. There's, there's one critical review I haven't looked at yet. Let's see what it says. One review. Ah, surprise, surprise. Negative. Chappelle's rampant transphobia doesn't need to be a problem as long as the jokes land, but his obsession with grievances supersedes any pretense of crafting actual humor. Ian Thomas Malone, you're a racist. How about that? Because Dave Chappelle's point in, the, in, in, in his bits was that y'all can claim to support the black community, but then you, your actions speak louder than words. You cancel a guy and take his career from him because he made mean words. He said mean words. Yet killing a guy isn't enough. You don't care. Yeah, you don't care when they die. They don't care in Chicago when people are being shot and killed. And it's mostly in the black community. They don't care. They don't go there. Oh, but you better believe every news outlet's going to go up in an uproar when it's a bunch of white people or white kids or it's a, a white person doing it because they're, they're white supremacists. No, no, no. Think about this. What stories do we hear about? Mass shooting, white people killed. All of a sudden, there's the story. Mass shooting, white person did it. There's the story because they're white centric. And this is the left, not the right. Yeah, I get upset when I hear about mass shootings in Chicago. I don't care who the perpetrator is. They do. It's not part of their world. So when Dave Chappelle tries making those points, they don't care. He's just a bigot. How dare you? And it's what we see time and time again. Billy Prempe put out this video from slaves to human guinea pigs. Why the dark history of black America justifies our vaccine hesitancy. You see, look, man, that's why I say it all the time. I believe there's absolutely racism in this country. And I think you all completely agree that the U.S. is a very serious problem with racism. And I'll tell you this. Racism in this country has been getting worse and worse over the past several years and the past decade. And you know what? You all agree with me. Why? Because it's coming from the Democrats. It's coming from these woke progressives who talk down to black people, treat them like garbage and demand they fall in line behind their whims. Candace Owen is a white supremacist. The, the, the black face of white supremacy, Larry Elder, they're racists. And it's been getting worse. And they turn to the Republicans and they say, you're a racist. It's like, yo, they're the ones telling you not to be racist. The Republicans are the ones saying we don't want to use race to, to determine someone's uh, place in this society. Incredible, isn't it? Maybe it's always been that way. For the most part, the Republican Party who freed the slaves. It was, I think, the first black uh, senator was, was, a, was a Republican. And then at some point, they just started claiming that the Republicans were all the racists. Yeah, I get it. There are Southern Republicans who fly the Confederate flag. And for whatever reason, there are black Southerners who fly the Confederate flag, too. There's a famous photo. It was really funny. It was a black man holding up. I think it was a Trump flag and like a Confederate flag. And then a white person holding up a Black Lives Matter flag. And people are like, yo, this is weird stuff. But I, I'll tell you this. People are entitled to their opinions. If a black man wants to fly a Confederate flag, he's allowed to. In this video from Billy Prempe, 
he points out only 28% of Americans, of black Americans are vaccinated. And he goes on to say, that means 72% of of the black community are being denied services in the name of vaccine mandates, notably in New York City. And then he goes on to say, you've got stories like the Tuskegee experiments. He tells, I mean, man, these are dark stories. Radiation, Agent Orange trials. They were they were testing Agent Orange on black prisoners. They were they were they were testing radiation on black people. And he says, this is why the black community does not trust the vaccine mandates. This is why we actually saw Black Lives Matter marching with Trump supporters because they're all like your freedom. And so I think that's a good thing. That's 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 optimism right there to see, you know, people coming together. And I think more people on the right need to recognize the left is trying to steal the issue of racism. Why? Because it benefits them. In reality, there is very serious racism in this country. It's coming from the left. And we know this. I know you know this. I know the Republicans talk about it. They use racism as a cudgel to gain power. This is why there's a poll and it shows that of all racial and political groups, white liberals are the only group with an out-group preference, meaning they dislike white people. They prefer non-white people. That's what the Democrats are going after. And these people are being driven insane. The things they believe do, do not translate into proper governance. Joe Biden's insane. His policies make no sense. They believe all of this stuff is mainstream. It's not. It's anything but. And they push racism. Now, I, I shouldn't, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, because I got to tell you, you know, Joe Biden's historically and classically been racist, and he's promoted very racist policies and he's been criticized for it. Yet for some reason, these leftists keep telling you that the Democrats are the ones who aren't racist. Donald Trump, meanwhile, had civil rights awards. Donald Trump, a perfect guy. Of course he isn't. I always got to say that because people are acting like just because I can say Trump did a couple good things. He did a lot of good things that I'm saying everything he, was, he, did, he did was good. Don't play stupid games with me. Joe Biden's done some good things. He, you know, I don't know, whatever. You want me to name some of the good things Joe Biden's done? Man, it's really hard to do. I got to be honest. So how about I just say, you know what? I got to uh, maybe he hasn't. I can talk about the bad things Trump's done. Tomahawk missiles in Syria, commando raids. I can talk about the good things he's done, bolstered the economy, protected our borders. You know, the tariffs telling people, the auto, more specifically, when he went to the auto manufacturers and said, bring these jobs back or else. That was a good thing. Protecting the workers. Then you look at what's going on with the Democrats. and So Dave Chappelle. I might not agree with his politics, but I agree with the fact that he believes in freedom, that he's fighting the good fight. He's standing up for what he believes in. And he's telling these people, yo, get off my back. However, he is saying he's backing away from it. Mm, I get it. Jon Stewart tried making a comeback. Doesn't work. Dave Chappelle may be bowing out. Maybe he realized the writing on the wall. Man, they're coming after him. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, isn't it? At any rate, go watch Dave Chappelle's special and have a good laugh because the audience seems to love it already. And I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.